Do you like games? Cool. Do you like fantasy football? Well, you're here. Do you like games about fantasy football? Sweet. I have the perfect podcast for you. Dynasty Game Night, hosted by yours truly, Russ Fisher, Matt Price, John Bosch, and Rocky Petrella. We play games about fantasy football. You might learn a little something, but really, we're just here to have fun. So if you like playing a game about a game about a game, then check out Dynasty Game Night, a proud member of the DLF family of podcasts. You're listening to the DLF Dynasty Podcast, where there is no off-season. Hey, it's another edition of the DLF Dynasty Podcast. I'm Dan Myler. With me, Ryan McDowell and Matt Price. Fellas, we are inching our way towards training camp. It's kind of the doldrums of the fantasy football season Except we all got to play in Scott Fishbowl this week. So we had a lot of fun with that. I, I guess I can say for myself, I had a lot of fun. Hopefully I built the team that'll take all those other uh, teams down and I can call myself a champion. Man, it'd be a lot of fun to be a champ in that thing, Matt. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. We're we're not quite finished yet here on Monday, uh, but uh, it's been a pretty good pace. We've had no timeouts, so I feel like we've been one of the more lucky divisions. And it seems like it's, it's been a fun uh, league chat of everyone posting Parks and Rec gifts because I'm in the Mouse Rat division. So uh, it's been it's been a fun time. Yeah, I'm having a lot of fun in mine as well. We actually wrapped ours up on Sunday afternoon. So we uh, we got all every every pick, every round done inside of a week, which is a record for any league that I've been in. I'm in the Green Day division, so those guys, uh, they've been a lot of fun in the chat as well. Ryan, how about you? How's your draft coming along? Mine is going well. Uh, still, still plenty, uh, plenty of rounds left. I've got five or six, five or six picks, but that's okay. I'm, I don't want to, uh, to, to end the fun too quickly. Um, I, I did ask this on Twitter. I want to see what you guys think. Uh, the way I posed the question was: This year, if you could only win one, you could win your your home league, your big money league, or you could win the Scott Fishbowl. Which one would you choose? Oh, I would tempt you. No, already. not me. I, I would. I would pick SFB. Absolutely, hundred percent. I, I think well. I'd take SFB too. It, you know, yeah. that's that's just a title you can hang on to. As we've seen from a few that have won, they uh, they they, <laughs> they mention it every chance they get. Uh, and not not that that's the wrong thing to do. If you win something like that, you should hang on. Well, to you only get sure. you only get one of those a year. You get you know you probably you have you have you know however many fifteen opportunities for me to win another one, whether it's big money or home league or whatever. So I'll take the nineteen hundred team victory. It, yeah, that's that's what I was thinking. I haven't looked at the at the final poll results, but uh, it, it was pretty well uh, even between the three. But SFB was was not the overwhelming favorite. I, hmm. I thought I thought it would. Be. I think it depends on how big money you're talking. Like if you're a really like baller sure. and you're in like a thousand dollar entry league, you maybe you want the the cash, you know. But I'm not I'm not in any of those leagues, so no. Me <laughs> yeah, me neither. Uh, I do have a lot of fun in my home league, and Scott Fishbowl is is a dream, of course. Big money league to me is my is like my home league because you know we get like a hundred dollar entry, yeah. and that's about yeah. as good, big as right. big as I play. I'd rather play in a handful of those, and and that's what I do. So that's a good question, and you know I'm really surprised, Ryan, that there weren't more that that right away just crashed in there. Like, of course, SFB, you can. Uh, that's a title you can you can hang over everybody's head, not just your eleven buddies in town, right? Yeah, man. Uh, you know, it's bragging rights over your buddies, right? Or it's bragging rights over the entire, basically the entire fantasy yeah. industry. Right. Yeah. So, I don't know. It's, yeah. It seems like an easy choice. Which presumably your friends in your home league are probably you know at least kind of a part of anyway, so they're included in that. See yeah, yeah, for, right. for sure. Um, all right, so we've we've uh, kind of jumped around in what we've covered over the last month or so. We got out of the rookie talk, and, and uh, we, we've tried to hit on as many players as we can, uh, talking about this coming season specifically, but we thought we'd jump in the time machine 
this week, let's let's jump a year into the future, guys, and do a startup from 2022. We thought we'd do a super flex, threw a little tight end premium in there, try to get through a couple rounds, maybe get through three. The three of us just just picking. So no team construction. We're going best player available throughout. Um, mostly just trying to get a gauge on where we think these players are going to be a year from now, Matt. This was this was a fun exercise. I put a little bit of time into it, uh, <laughs> trying to figure out where everybody should go. Tell me about your your thoughts on this coming in. You're you're trying to think of things twelve months from now. How difficult was it for you, Matt? It was extremely difficult once you get outside of, I would say, the for, for me, it's the quarterback's position. I don't think that's a, that's too much of a, a, a spoiler here, but we're doing a super flex format, so the first round is probably going to be dominated by quarterbacks. So those worked out pretty well for me, I think. But once you get in trying to incorporate the other positions with those quarterbacks, that's when it becomes a real like exercise in you know, mental gymnastics and, and calculating age and, and are, are they going to be free agents or not and you know how team is the good – the team in general going to be next year it becomes a real kind of uh thinking exercise so it's a lot of fun uh, i'm excited to see how how these guys get meshed together i did this all by hand and there's a lot of scribbles and i rewrote the name <laughs> below and then then ended up having to start over again ryan how about you how'd the exercise go for you when you were putting together some kind of cheat sheet it's a real challenge and i think one of you said it was an eye-opener it certainly is because we like to think that we play this dynasty game with a three-year window or maybe even a five-year window. And ultimately that that's just not the reality of it because every year, the results of every single year change dynasty rankings and dynasty ADP so much. And even the ADP that we're looking at here today currently is basically a result of what we saw last season. You know, the players that obviously gained value players that struggled, lost a ton of value and we kind of throw that that long-term window out the window honestly and so when you're fast forwarding a year you're basically projecting what's going to happen in in the 2021 season and how will those dynasty values uh respond as a result it really made me think that i need to rethink how how i see some players right now on the trade market and and even in any kind of startup, I have another one coming up here pretty soon. I, I need to I need to regauge where I see these players because there's too many that when I when I did it, I, I first looked at current ADP and thought and looked at players' ages and then moved players up based on how much I like them now and how much I feel like they're gonna explode in value. And why why am I not valuing those players at that level right now, making those kind of moves for my dynasty rosters. So yep. just in that amount of time, and, and I think this is a fun exercise for anybody at home. If you're if you're listening and you're looking for something to do one of these evenings, start looking at at AD, current ADP and who you think is going to go up and down, put a plus or a minus next to their names. And that is a very, very quick way to make a list of players you're you're supposed to go out there and try to add to your rosters. That's that's essentially what we're doing right here. Ryan, you drew the number one pick in in this 2022 startup draft, a super flex draft, a tight end premium draft. I'm guessing you're you're going right to Kyle Pitts because that that's what everybody says is, <laughs> it has to happen, right? The the everything's just exploding when it comes to Kyle Pitts. Is he going to be the number one overall pick twelve months from now? Uh, I don't think so. Not not in this <laughs> format, at least. Uh, Matt said we were doing that super flex <laughs> format. Uh, we've seen it happen really over the past year, the past eighteen months, according to DLF ADP. Uh, that, that the quarterback position has really just taken over. And we've talked about it on here. It's because of these so many young, talented quarterbacks coming into the league. So uh, I would expect that to continue going into next year with, with uh, more young quarterbacks coming in. Uh, I'll stick with Patrick Mahomes here as the 101, uh, still just 26 years old. We know he signed that, uh, that huge contract uh, a year ago putting him, locking him in for, uh, I think it was 10 years or 12 years. So uh, I don't think anything will change or, or at least not that much will change in the next year. I, I still think Mahomes is the 101. Yeah, I think he should have been the 101 in this exercise. I would have taken him 101 for sure as well. Going to be 26 year old, years old, as you mentioned, and that's that's a 
that's a baby for quarterbacks right now when we see guys into their 40s and performing at MVP levels. So Mahomes, I believe, was the easy pick, Matt. What are your thoughts on the number one pick and then who are we going with at number two? It, it just feels like, I mean, I just I can I, I cannot imagine a world right now. You know it's going to happen, but I, right now you just can't imagine a world where Patrick Mahomes is not going to be the, A, the top quarterback, and B, you know, if, if the quarterback trend continues for Superflex Leagues, be the number one pick in Superflex Leagues. So 25 years old, like, you know, if he plays with 35, we have 10, you know, maybe not 10 years, but we got five more years of, of number one overall. That's the way it feels to me. Um, but the second option is also pretty clear to me, and I – I think I think that this player is you know high in all of the three of ours hearts, but in terms of like general dynasty ADP, I think he's down a little bit uh, from here. And but that's Lamar Jackson for me because I don't think he's necessarily going to have the same kind of season as he did in 2019, but I think it'll be better than what he did in 2020. And like I've said a couple of weeks ago, you know those seasons where the passing numbers match up with his rushing numbers, which I think are going to be there pretty much every season. Uh, once those two match up, like he's going to be the number one quarterback in fantasy that particular season. So uh, to get that kind of upside, uh, maybe it doesn't happen every year. Maybe we have off years, you know, quote unquote off years like we had in 2020. Um, but he's still going to provide that floor for you. So that kind of safety plus that kind of upside makes him a pretty clear number two for me. Yeah, I would have taken Lamar number two as well. I think he's going to have a big, big season in 2021. And that'll vault him back into that conversation with as more of a 1-1-A type situation like we talked about maybe a year ago uh Lamar with with his with that huge floor that he presents every single week and and really every season plus over the last couple of years it's been Mahomes that's been banged up and Lamar sure. every, every everybody when when you have those conversations about Lamar Jackson we all tend to think oh he's a running quarterback just wait he's going to get hurt well he hasn't he's played the 16 or at least 15, I think he sat out a game at the end of one of those seasons because they had things wrapped up. But he's on the field every single week, and, and he's providing that floor along with that killer upside that makes him just an elite pick. I think he's the 102 in Superflex drafts right now, or at least should be, and belongs at the 102 in 2022 as well. I'm going to take the next guy on my list. And guys, before right before we started, I did a quick mock draft after I looked at who, who drew each pick. So far, it's gone to scale. I expected Mahomes, then Jackson. I was going to take Kyler Murray. So I'll take Kyler right here. I think he's the 103 at this point right now. He's still very, very young, 23 years old, an ascending offense, a coach, and an offense that I think most of us believe in, If they can, especially if they can fix that offensive line and give him a little bit more protection. He's got the weapons on the outside now. Uh, maybe he needs a little help in that backfield. A pass-catching running back would certainly help out. Maybe we'll see what happens with what they have in Arizona in 2021. But I, I think that's the next step. There were all the r- rumors that they were going to try to add another running back to that offense for another weapon for Kyler. Uh, he also provides that rushing floor week in and week out. If he can stay healthy, and last year I don't think he was all that healthy late in the season he was showing that elite-type upside, especially early in the year. He belongs in the top three to me, Ryan. Do you concur? Yeah, I think Kyler would be my 103 in, in this exercise as well. Again, fast-forwarding a year. But uh, honestly, I think there's just so many good uh, young quarterbacks, mostly young, a couple of guys uh, starting to get up there but still maintaining value, certainly, and, and I would expect them to be first-rounders. Uh, but just just the volume of quarterbacks really makes it a great time to be a super flex dynasty player. Uh, at 104, uh, it, it's not a slam dunk choice here for me at least. Uh, but I am going to go. I guess I guess with the chalk. Uh, I know Matt's not going to take him, so I'll <laughs> I'll uh, make it easy. I'll go with Josh Allen here. Uh, we'll just be 26 years old uh, this time next year. Uh, of course, coming off of. Uh, basically an, an MVP level season. And, uh, you know, we saw Lamar Jackson do that two years ago. And I'm really interested to see if, if Josh Allen uh, can, can repeat or if he has uh, kind of that letdown, as we saw from Jackson and, and what that does to his value. 
That is my first incorrect pick. I had you <laughs> taking Josh Allen, but I thought he was going to slip to 107, Ryan. Uh, you take him a little h- higher than what I expected just based on what you've said on podcasts and, yeah. and uh, our conversation. So, so that was a little bit of a surprise for me. Matt, I know he didn't snipe you on that pick. Who you got at 105? <laughs> no, I had him down at quarterback nine, which I know is probably – probably too low but we got a lot of good quarterbacks coming in this season so and i'm actually going to take one of them here uh i'm gonna take trey lance uh at, at one of whatever oh, it is dirty scoundrel uh, listen <laughs> i mean he's a be- potentially a better passer than lamar jackson and we've seen what he does with his legs he's a, he's a different style of runner uh obviously than lamar jackson but we know what he can do with that and he provides that same upside that same floor uh as lamar jackson does just does it in a little bit different way so uh if we don't see him right away that's it's fine, you know. Bring him out mid-season, whenever it is. Whenever it is, Kyle Shanahan's ready to bring him out. Uh, that's fine with me. And if I'm if I'm in the four spot at this point, I think I'm taking Trey Lance here uh, in 2022. All right, I thought Lance would fall a little bit farther than that. I, I figured you guys would take Trevor Lawrence before Lance, so. I, I had them all. He's next. I didn't even use pencil. I used pen. I thought <laughs> Trey Lance is my guy. Going to get him at six, even though I have him ranked at five. Uh, I guess that's not to be. I will take Trevor yeah. Lawrence, though. I think most dynasty managers would, would say, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Lance over over Lawrence. But if, if anybody has been listening for any amount of time, they should know that the three of us are relatively high on Lance and see him as an elite type upside player so it's no surprise that he goes five overall Lawrence fits right in that conversation I'm you know really there there are there's going to be a quarterback that gets pushed down to seven that really doesn't belong at seven right uh and and I, I assume Ryan you'll go with him next Lawrence to me feels like a bargain right here at six but when you look at the names Mahomes Lamar Kyler Josh Allen Trey Lance and then Lawrence Really, these guys, maybe after Lamar or maybe after Kyler, they could go in any order, Ryan. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, and honestly, I think that's the case after after Mahomes. Yeah. Uh, I think these, these next five guys that we've seen drafted, and uh, I would throw two or three or maybe even four others, other quarterbacks uh, all in that same tier that uh, if, if we do this again next week, the order would, would probably be different. Um a little surprised by the Lance pick. I was hoping to be the one to, to snipe Dan, but uh, not not meant to be. That's okay. Uh, I will. I, I did want to ask you guys before we before I, I pick here at 107, so far have you even considered a running back or a wide receiver or tight end? No. No. It's, it, no. It, yeah. It's getting close, though. We're getting close. For me. All right. I, I, I think there's a I, – you know, really it depends on how a draft is falling. If you look at each pick – individually Ryan you you you're on the clock at 107 but technically if you're running a team you haven't made a pick yet so you're sure you're looking at these six guys come off the board and you're thinking to yourself boy I better get one of these elite quarterbacks because there's no way that they get back to me in the middle of the second round right well yeah and we we see that happen a lot I mean we talked about that um last week I think it was with that that running back tier right the low-end rb2s and that's why Guys like Chris Carson and and Trey Sermon and David Montgomery are maybe getting pushed up higher than we would like to see them. It's just because of that um, scarcity, I guess. So we're definitely going to see that with every position. But in this case, I I don't think it's happening yet. I think all these guys are worthy of being... Uh, first round startup we just have so many good young quarterbacks you know it's not like it was a few years ago when all the elite guys were in their late 20s early 30s it's just a different time we have so many of these young ones and we know how long these guys play so it it just makes it to me it just makes sense well and that was part of what really helped boost the the popularity of of the late round quarterback strategy that's what really made it work is nobody wanted to take Tom Brady or Drew Brees or Peyton Manning in the, in the first or second round, right? They were 35, between 35 and 40 years old, even older than that now in, in Brady's case and, and Brees last year. But now we're seeing that turnover, and now all these guys are between 23 and, and 27, and uh, the value is going to go up. You, you're going to have to take them earlier, even uh, in those one-quarterback leagues. And doesn't it feel, guys, we're already talking about Lance and Lawrence being – top half of the first round startup picks a year from now there 
you know, really they haven't played played it down in the NFL yet. Even a year from now, they will have only played a season worth of football. And we've all seen players um, uh, play well in spurts or, or have, have big seasons and then fall off. Because of the trajectory of these young quarterbacks and Kyler and Lamar, Patrick Mahomes, and even Josh Allen, who had his big breakout, because they have gone up in value so quickly on the dynasty landscape, you have to react that way. We're, we're all forced mm-hmm. to react that way. And, and even so, the Trey Lance will open, open the Trey Lance pick by Matt will open some eyes and they'll say, Whoa, are you kidding me? Are we really doing that? And I think it's just a, a, really telling a story about all these guys in the past, the guys I mentioned there going up so quickly that everybody feels the pressure that they have to get out ahead of the next big thing. Yeah. And that that's always the case as well, regardless of the position, but uh, I, I've said it on here. I think, uh, I think Dan, you would agree. And Matt, you probably as well. I, I think Trey Lance is already a first round. Yeah. Super flex startup pick. It, it's um, fringe. I would say fringe, but I definitely don't have a problem with it. So we're sitting six picks in. So far, it's gone Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray, Josh Allen, Trey Lance, and Trevor Lawrence in the 2022 Dynasty Startup Superflex Tight End Premium. Ryan, you got to kick off the second half of the first round. Who you got here? I'm sticking with quarterback. Certainly, I'm taking uh, I'm taking Justin Herbert. We saw him with, uh, have one of the best rookie seasons for a quarterback ever, uh, and, and I. Th- I think that only gets better, honestly. Uh, Austin Eckler was in and out of that lineup last year. Uh, so with with a, a new offense, at least potentially a new ho- offensive coordinator there, uh, I, I think it's, uh, you know, I think this is just the beginning of, of a big career for Herbert. I do not expect a, a fall off for him at all. I, lo- I like that pick. I think, I think, you know, after the Josh Allen pick, it went Lance, Lawrence, and Herbert. And again, those three could go in any order. You could have thrown Allen in there, maybe even Murray before that and Jackson before that. I think the list even goes on beyond here, Matt. Who is this the point where you start really thinking about running back? Or if you're on the clock at 108 and the seven youthful elite quarterbacks have gone off the board, are you sticking to that strategy and, and getting your guy here? I've, I've got a couple of more before I'm willing to take another position. So uh, yeah. I, I heard so far the ones that have gone off the board, the seven that have gone off would, it would have been my order. Um, I could see pushing uh, Dak Prescott, who I'm taking here, into that range as well. You know, like Ryan said, I think you can just throw all of these guys after Mahomes into kind of a bucket and pick your your favorite one. You know, if you want to take Dak Prescott number two, I've seen that happen, and I, I, I you know, it's hard to argue against it um, with the offense that he has around him, right? So uh, to get him here at eight, like it feels fine. Like I don't feel like if I don't have Mahomes, then uh, I'm comparing him to the other the rest of the guys that went above him, and I don't feel that bad compared to. Uh, uh, them so why wouldn't I go ahead and grab that guy here before that that tier runs out you know right and Dak is coming off the big injury which happened early in the 2020 season but should be at full health in 2021 in an offense that looks to pick up right where they left off when he got hurt early last season when when they were just dominating frankly they were putting up massive offensive numbers they were in shootouts every week I don't think anybody that watches a lot of football expects his expects that defense to be all that much better so we expect the shootout we expect Dak to have to push the ball down to down the field to those elite weapons that he has uh I like that pick he certainly fits there at 108 that puts me on the clock at 109 and I'm going to continue on with the quarterback run I'll take Joe Burrow coming off of his injury as well going to go into this second season Burrow I'm talking about here uh, with the Cincinnati Bengals, but just 24 years old right now. We expect him to be back to full health. They've upgraded the weapons once again in Cincinnati, adding Jamar Chase. They have the running game. The offensive line has been kind of band-aided together once again. They they continue to sign these, these veteran players to kind of fill in as they uh, try to protect their franchise quarterback. I'm not sure that I love that, but I love Jamar Chase there uh, catching footballs from Joe Burrow. I think... I think if there's anybody so far that's been selected that could make a big jump up the list, it's probably Burrow. 
of course, depends on that the health of that knee, Ryan, uh, and how quickly Jamar Chase takes hold and becomes that playmaker in that offense. But if there's anybody so far that's been selected that could make a huge jump, jump it, jump into the top four or five, it's probably Burrow, considering his rookie season, which was cut short, and and now the elite uh, downfield playmaker that they added to that offense. Yeah, I think that's I think that's correct. We we basically already seen. Um, the potential for a, a big value for Joe Burrow. And, and I think he's, he's kind of getting overlooked in these leagues right now because uh, partially because of the injury uh, and uh, also just the play of Justin Herbert, basically outshining him last year as, as rookies. Uh, but you're totally right. I mean, if he comes back fully healthy and he's clicking with Jamar chase and, and the rest of this offense, we could easily see him being in that mix as, as the top four or five pick. And again, we've already said there's right now, at least there's little separation between two and nine or 10. Uh, I'm going to say 10 because I think this guy I'm going to take is in that same mix. And honestly, by my rankings, he's, he's the last one. Uh, so this becomes a pretty easy pick for me. If uh, Dan, like you said, if I'm on the clock here at 10, this is my first pick I'm running to the to the podium to take Justin Fields. I think he's the last quarterback in this range. Yeah, he's the last last quarterback in in this range for me. I thought he would be a first round pick in this exercise. I was wondering if he'd be the guy that gets selected right after a, a quick run on a wide receiver or a running back. Matt, where did you have Fields? Did he did he slide in there at number ten for you, or would you have taken another position? Yeah, he was right there. I agree. He's the last player uh, in that area, and I was kind of conflicted of whether to to keep him before the the first non quarterback gets drafted. Um, so I, I could go either way there, and I'm glad that Ryan had to make that choice and not me because it makes my choice real easy. Uh, it's Kyle Pitts, you guys. He's going to be a first round pick next oh. year. Um, Whoa! <laughs> he's the first non quarterback off the board. Yeah, can't say I hate it. You know, you can say you hate it. That's fine. No, I'm not, I'm not gonna because we've we've all gushed about Pitts and his upside and all those fun things. Um, but at the same time, we all should remember that he is a tight end, and you know, typically tight ends do take a minute to get acclimated. Although this tight end will likely play as many or more wide receiver snaps as he does in line at tight end. So. Um, I was wondering where he, he'd go. I didn't want to be the one to take him, honestly, fellas, because I wanted to see what, what you two guys who, you know, honestly, I value you guys' opinions and stuff. I, I want to know what, what the what the dynasty public really thinks. Where could Pitts go to see him come in at 11, Ryan? What are your thoughts? Yeah, I, I don't guess I'm surprised that he would be the first non-quarterback off the board. And we did say that this is tight end premium. We didn't clarify uh, what that premium is, and I do think it matters uh, if it's if it's just that 1.5 PPR compared to one uh, for the other positions. I, honestly, that in my leagues in general, uh, and 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 with Pitt specifically, that doesn't change uh, much in the way I value him. But if we're talking about a start two tight end or two PPR, uh, then then that's a different story, and and I certainly would uh, include Pitts this high. I. Wouldn't have gone Pitts. I would have gone with a different pass catcher. And you guys might be even more surprised at who I'm going to take at at 12. I'm going to take CeeDee Lamb. I think he's going to be the wide receiver one going into next season. I I know Amari's there, but I as as I said with Dak Prescott, I think that offense is going to have to be on the field and be guns a-blazing every single down, every single game. And CeeDee Lamb's going to be a big part of what they have to do, both down the field and in the short to intermediate area and you know so many of us in the dynasty space and and really fantasy managers in general get maybe worried about Dallas because there are so many weapons and they do have to feed all those guys but somebody's gonna take that step forward and man to if you spent any time watching CeeDee Lamb last year you had to come away impressed and thinking that he is the number one option, number one playmaker in that offense sooner rather than later. And I think it's going to start early in 2022 and carry on throughout the season. He might be the best value in Dynasty right now, considering he falls all the way into the third round in most Dynasty startups right now. He's at 34 right now in our our most recent DLF ADP. Yeah, that, I think that's a bold call, uh, but I think it's bold not 
because of Lamb, uh, but only because of the depth of the receiver position in general. I totally agree with you on Lamb specifically. I I could also see him uh, being the dynasty wide receiver one this time next year. That would would not surprise me at all. Uh, it seems like a foregone conclusion that at least one of those other wide receivers will be gone. I believe Michael Gallup's a free agent, and there's been a lot of talk about Amari Cooper's contract and and the potential of, of Dallas getting out of that. So I think it's safe to say at least one of that trio will be gone, and of course that just paves the way for more work for C.D. Lamb. So the first round is in the books, guys. Ryan started things off with Patrick Mahomes, the first of 10 quarterbacks to go. After that, it was Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray, Josh Allen, Trey Lance, Trevor Lawrence, Justin Herbert, Dak Prescott, Joe Burrow, and Justin Fields at number 10. Then a couple pass catchers. Rookie Kyle Pitts goes 11 to Matt. And then I wrapped up round one at 12 with wide receiver C.D. Lamb. So typically, guys... whoever picks at 12 will kick it back off in the second round we like to separate our picks a little bit so this one we're gonna head right back to ryan for the 201 uh how do you how do you think you you weigh the options here we haven't seen a running back go and matt i want to bring you in on this as well because you've been talking recently a lot about how maybe there's there's a return to where we were in ADP in the in the past. We we haven't seen a running back just re- just yet. Um, you know, they they seem to be used up. You, you know, they're 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 no longer valuable in two, three, at least four seasons. So when is the right time to take a running back, Matt? We haven't seen one just yet. I mean, I think this is about the right time. I certainly don't hate the Lamp pack pick, and both. And actually, I was hoping to get him at at two hundred two in a couple of picks. Um, but uh, you know, if you if you see this long list of quarterbacks and Kyle Pitts go off the board, and you can start your draft with the top two quarter top top two running backs, uh, whichever two you want, then I think that is certainly a good option at, at, at the turn at the end of the turn here. And I think it will be a great option next season. Uh, once we've seen, you know, a second season out of uh, a couple of these running backs, I won't spoil the names right now. Uh, and perhaps uh, so, so some of the rookies as well. Right. So uh, I think, I think right now is when they should be come into consideration. If you're not taking a quarterback or a top receiver, um, you know, top young receiver like lamb, then I think two running backs, two young stud running backs is, is there's no, nothing wrong with that at all yeah i i kind of think so too but honestly matt i'm a little bit scared it, it, it's hard to stick <laughs> your neck out there for a running back because these guys get hurt they get banged up they have bad seasons and then we we push it's them true. all the way down the adp so do you, do you want to stick your neck out for a running back when they're that's the position that seems to be so so up and down from year to year, especially. Yeah, I don't think you're wrong. I just think there's an opportunity to, you know, get a huge leg up for year one. Like, and if you're handed, not necessarily handed year one, but if you draft well the rest of the way, you know, based on what you did with two running backs right off the top at the end of the first and the early first first pick of the second, then, uh, you know, you might as well take year one down if you have that big advantage, if everything were to work out. But no, certainly if one of the, one or both of those running backs, like last year when we had both Barkley and CMC get hurt, like that is a killer and it instantly, you know, drops you well down the, the, the leaderboard in terms of roster value and competitiveness, right? So uh, it's definitely something to think about. Yeah, something to think about indeed, Ryan. Yeah, I think it's also just a, a kind of a product of the – the strong top tier of quarterbacks or, or maybe top two tiers that we've already seen drafted. We had 10 in the, in the first round, as you mentioned, Dan, uh, looking at our current ADP at DLF, we have uh, the top nine quarterbacks are going uh, within the top 13 overall. But after that, there's only four other quarterbacks in the top 36. We're talking, we're, we're doing three rounds here today. So if you look at the same three rounds uh, on DLF, there's only four others uh, even being drafted in those three rounds and and two of those fields and Lance have already been drafted here by us today. So we've had so many quarterbacks. That's been the, the theme of the, the show so far, but we honestly might not have that many more throughout the, these next two rounds. 
Yeah, and, and and this is where those of those of you that are listening out there and thinking, man, I don't play in Superflex. I'm a I'm a one quarterback guy. This is what this is the first round now, <laughs> right? Because yeah. we're we're not going to see a lot more quarterbacks go off. Uh, there's there's something for everybody here on the on the podcast. If we're going to get through a couple rounds, though, we need to get going in round two. So Ryan, who we got at the two hundred one? I'm going to take a running back. I was I was kind of surprised to not see this player drafted. Uh, I do think he has a great chance to be the Dynasty RB1 this time next year. I'll take Jonathan Taylor. I figured he would probably be the pick. I was I was going back and forth between CeeDee Lamb and Jonathan Taylor, and it's really what I said. With Taylor, he's an injury away. He's a, a, a timeshare with a coaching staff that we're really unsure of. We, we're not sure exactly how they're, they're going to – use the that three-headed monster of running backs uh if taylor's the guy he's probably in in those top 12 picks in fact he's for sure going to be in those top 12 picks but there are enough red flags that i probably took the safe way out at 12 i was considering taylor but went with cd lamb so jonathan taylor is the first pick in the second round matt who's the second now if we were building building pretending like our first round pick and our second round pick were matching up i would be really upset right now because i could have paired cd lamb with prescott you know and, and maybe i have stacking on the brain from sfb and that's obviously something you want to do in a larger field tournament and, and dynasty it's a little bit different but you know when you can do it, it it's kind of fun just to stack guys like that especially if they're top they're two top options on either side of the football right so um but since lamb is gone uh then i'll take my 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 current dynasty wide receiver one and i project him to be in the in 2022 as well and that's dk metcalf so um the running backs are tempting here but after taylor you know we just don't necessarily know and it's so hard to predict how the seasons are going to go for these these second year backs especially who could jump up here you have to think guys like uh you know the the older running backs which i'm sure will be drafted soon um will fall a little bit off again just because they're another year older they're all going to be 26 years or 27 years old next season right so uh, for that case uh for that reason it seems hard to project um those guys to be that high either so I'll stick with the the high end wide receiver that's still going to be you know in this range I would say for the next two to three seasons. I I like that pick. DK would 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 have been a top three wide receiver for me. Certainly would have been somebody worth considering at this spot. I'm uh I'm gonna go man it, it's kind of tough. I want to go back to running back and. This might be a little little higher than where you guys had him. I'm going to take Cam Akers. I, th- I think he's very likely to uh, take the next step forward and make the big jump. And those those are the maybe, maybe I did a little bit too much of that, and we can talk about that at the end of the exercise. But I was thinking the most about who can make the the big splash. And Akers ended so strongly last season, and and he was the guy. And there's. There's just really nothing else there. I don't think any of us think Daryl Henderson's going to have a regular role. He seems more of a uh, fill-in A when when Akers needs a breather. Akers should be on the field for three downs, and that's an offense that I want pieces of, especially considering the Stafford addition. I think they're going to be leading in games. I expect them to win double-digit, maybe even 12 football games they'll be leading late and relying on acres to put games away he should be the goal line back he should be catching passes on second and third down uh and should be a big red zone weapon so it feels to me like acres is set up for a big jump and it's a little bit you know it's it's really difficult to handicap where we expect him to be a year from now because i think i don't think i'm alone thinking he's he's gonna take that big step forward ryan no, he, he was the next running back on my list as well. Uh, I don't think I was going running back with this pick just because there are uh, there are quite a few that I like still, uh, and I would say the same at wide receiver. Because of that, I'm going to go back to that quarterback position mm. where I do think it's getting a little thin. Uh, I'm going to go with Tua Tungavaloa yep. here. Uh, I do. Uh, we talked about him last week, I, I believe that was last week's show. Uh, that I do expect him to make a jump. The Dolphins have added some weapons for him. Uh, obviously, expect him and, and assume at this point he's he's fully over that uh, that injury that uh, he suffered his final college season. So uh, he's a player that I think could make a big jump. And uh, if he does, honestly, he's probably more of a first rounder even than an early second. 
Yeah, he was the. I, I went back and forth, Acres or Tua, <laughs> and I thought maybe he'd last three more picks. I guess I was way wrong. Certainly fits in right about here. Uh, I did rankings, and I, I mentioned before we started that I did a lot of scribbling and moving. I moved those two or three players back and forth a few <laughs> times and finally settled on Acres over Tua. I'm already regretting it just a little bit. That was a nice pick at the 204. So at. You know, if you look at the the player that went late, mid to late part of the first round, that was like the Herbert Prescott, Burrow Fields area. If Tua has a nice season and and falls to this range, the the early to mid part of the second round, pairing a Prescott or a Burrow or a Fields with Tua, both coming off solid seasons, that feels like a really good start in a super flex league. Uh, I, I agree with you. It feels like two is closer to a first round than a second round pick. Uh, that that was nice value there at the two hundred four, Matt. Yeah, that was that was the pick for me as well. Uh, perfect perfect slotting in there. Um, you know, the, the quarterback who could make a giant jump, like you guys said, but you know, obviously there's a little bit of question marks and a little bit of uneasiness with with how I think the community feels about him at this particular moment. Um, but I'm with you guys. I think he's going to take a big step forward. I'm going to go back to. Uh, wide receiver because I can't not have Justin Jefferson if those other two receivers are gone. Um, so I mean, I, he's he's most people's and maybe even the consensus wide receiver one in Dynasty right now uh, with another similar season or even you know if he has only you know fourteen hundred yards, he's probably still going to maintain that title, right? So um, it feels pretty good to get him here in the middle of the second. So I like that pick, Matt. I would have t- taken Justin Jefferson next if uh, if he made it to me. Since he didn't, I have to pivot. I'm going to stick to the wide receiver position, and I'll I'll take the plunge with Jamar Chase. I think he belongs in this area. There there are a couple other wide receivers probably that you could have a conversation about guys that have are maybe a little bit more proven. I talked about it when we were talking about Joe Burrow. I, I believe in the offense. I think they're moving in the right direction. It's it's hard to say when you're talking about the Cincinnati Bengals guys, but it feels like he fits nicely with Burrow. And I, I think that's going to be a big connection for years to come. It should show up as quickly as early this year. And if it does, he seems like it seems like these types of players, and, and I mentioned CeeDee Lamb, feels to me like he should be a second-round pick right now. I think Jamar Chase will be a second-round pick a year from now. I like that one. He was the, the, the next wide receiver on my board. Uh, so I, I agree with you there. Uh, I think I am going to go with a running back. Um, We've had Jonathan Taylor and Cam Akers selected there so far. I'm going to go with Antonio Gibson. He'll be 24 years old this time next year. Uh, Like a lot of these other players, especially in the second round, he's one that I see taking that next step. Uh, I think Washington is is honestly doing great things to to build around him. Uh, And I I'm really excited to see what he looks like with uh, with Ryan Fitzpatrick versus uh, the the quarterbacks that uh, that entire team was dealing with last year. So uh, Antonio Gibson here at two oh seven. Matt, that puts you on the clock with the eighth pick in the second round. What are your thoughts on Gibson, and who do you have here? Uh, it's I, I like I like eight. We're betting on pure upside. Obviously, if Gibson takes the next step as a receiver, we're looking at a, a player in this range, if not earlier. Um, but for me, I still I still want to ride ride one more season of Saquon Barkley here. I would take him one spot above. I think uh, Gibson. Uh, we see a 25 year old running back as the 101 right now in, uh, in one quarterback leagues and the running back one in. Uh, super flex leagues right now and that's Christian McCaffrey um, who will be 26 next year but Barkley will only be 25 next year so if he comes out you know and has the kind of season we know Barkley can have then I I see a a similar scenario where he could be uh, the running back one overall uh, this time next year despite being you know a little bit older than the Cam Akers and the Antonio Gibsons of the world right so um, that's who I would take here, and you know it, it feels it feels kind of like a bargain if you still are on board with with Barkley as a an elite running back talent. Yeah, the thing I worry about with Barkley, and and not to spoil anything, but probably worry about with CMC is any injury this year, True. any lost games are going to be very damaging to their dynasty value. It feels like it, or any significant lost games if they lose four or five games and it lingers into the sixth and seventh 
it feels like that's going to be enough to push them down as it has so many running backs before. The only thing I'll say that is counter the counterpoint is Christian McCaffrey, who just did that same thing. He had two, you know, running back one week basically, right, and then missed the rest of the whole rest of the season, and yet he's still the running back one this season. So, not saying that's going to happen with a guy like Barkley, since it would would be would be two seasons in a row, you know, for a guy like him. Um, but I, I understand what you're saying. Yeah, and and I think they both get clumped in together. Those are the two players that I had the hardest yeah. time placing in my rankings because I I don't I don't dislike the pick and and don't think that it's possible. In fact, it's probably possible that they could be quite a bit higher than where we have mm-hmm. them right here. Uh, I just I, again maybe a little bit scared. Don't want to take the plunge with a middle mid twenties running back that has had a couple of injuries over the last couple of years. And that, that could certainly ding them if, if it happens once again. This entire exercise, I, I, don't know, I don't know if we made this clear. Hopefully it was. This is not a prediction of ADP. This is more of a prediction of how we would each draft. And uh, we've all made it pretty clear that we favor quarterbacks in super flex leagues. We typically favor wide receivers over running backs in general. And, and we're staying away from those 26, 27-year-old running backs. But... Right now, you see a guy like Dalvin Cook in the first round. So a year from now, will Barkley and, and McCaffrey be higher than what they're going here? They probably will, but not not on our teams. When I was on the clock at the 206, I took Jamar Chase, and I was wrestling myself about a running back. Gibson and Barkley both went in between, and they, that, those weren't the ones I was thinking about. It was Najee Harris, the, the rookie from the Steelers. I'm going to take him right here at the 209. It feels like a bargain to me. I had him a few spots higher in my rankings. I think he's in line for all the workload that all fantasy analysts are talking about this year. I think he's going to make take advantage of all of that, and it, it'd be surprising to me if he fell out of the second round next season in, in Superflex drafts. He feels like a good pick right here. I'll take him at 209. Yeah, I like Najee Harris there as well. Uh, even though I've I've said Travis Etienne is my rookie dynasty RB one, it, it's it's pretty clear Harris is is going to be the guy who gets the work uh, immediately and sees the value boost as a result of that. Uh, at two ten, I'm going to go back to that quarterback position. Uh, basically, every single year we see rookies being drafted in the second round of dynasty startups. So I'm going to go with a rookie who I think will be the 101 in uh, rookie drafts and the 101 uh, in the NFL draft. I'll take Spencer Rattler here, the Oklahoma quarterback. That's where I was going. Yeah, That's he, exactly where I was going. I was taking him at 212. <laughs> I thought for sure I was getting him at 212. That's ridiculous. Uh, yeah, that's a nice pick. I think all your logic certainly checks out. Um, if, if he indeed has the big season that most of us expect, if he goes 101 in Superflex rookie drafts, he's going to fit in real nicely in the second half of the second round. Spencer Radler goes 10th in the second round here, which puts Matt on the clock at 11. That's just crazy. We were all trying to get him at the end of the second. I mean, kind of predictable, <laughs> yeah. I guess, but man. <laughs> um, We've been around each other too, too it's much. true. I guess yeah, so. It's true. Um, okay. Because I was, I was even going to be curious if we were going there. We never really talked about going there. I assume we were, so I put them on my list. But um, anyway, I'll go back to wide receiver then. I'll go to A.J. Brown. I think there's a chance that he's going to have a little bit of a down season, you know, quote-unquote down. I think he'll still be fine for fantasy in 2021. But now Julio is there, so his value is probably going to dip a little bit. You know, I think some do still have him as the wide receiver one overall and certainly over um, guys like D.K. and some of the older, older wide receivers that we haven't gotten to yet um but uh you know still feels like a very very extremely safe prospect to me um somebody you're not going to miss on at this point in your draft all right aj brown goes at 11 in the second round uh that puts me on the clock at 12 and i don't honestly i don't love the option because i was so married to the idea of getting Spencer <laughs> me too. Rattler at 212 <laughs> uh that really burns me um <laughs> I told you there was going to be some McDowell gotcha moments in this, Stan. Yeah, he got me good right there. That's for sure. I guess I'm going to – I'm really sweating it. I I will take Travis Etienne here at 212. Um, maybe a little bit higher than I expected to take him. I, like you said, Ryan, I do think he's the – uh, rookie running back one, and it's weird that I took Harris over him. I just expect that workload to really um, 
really really add to Harris's value a year from now. So ETN um, may have to share the load in, as a rookie, but he's going to show enough in spurts to to be a, a late second or early third round pick in startups a year from now. Second round is in the books. Ryan started off with Jonathan Taylor, then DK Metcalf, Cam Akers, Tua Tungvaloa, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, Antonio Gibson, Saquon Barkley, Najee Harris, Spencer Rattler, A.J. Brown, and Travis Etienne. We got a little bit of time, guys, to shoot through the third round. Let's kick it off right away, Ryan. Who do you got? Uh, this is one that could definitely just look silly uh, a year from now, a month from now. Who knows? Uh, but I'll take Deshaun. You Watson did it again, McDowell. Right you son <laughs> of a. Uh, he is just 25 years old right now. Obviously, we know all the off-field and and everything going on. Um, but if if he's on the field a year from now, uh, he he has at least this much value, if not higher. A hundred percent. Yeah, agree. that was another good pick. I, I I went back and forth between ETN and Watson. <laughs> AJ Should Brown and probably Watson. gone Watson. Yep. Oh, Same thing. I was like, oh, he'll slip to the third round. It's fine. Just, <laughs> yeah, three hundred one. Uh, well, he did. Yeah, and there, I mean, uh, Matt, who we got at three hundred two? And, and I mean, you, Thanks, and you have a huge gap between him and everyone else. I would say, right? Like, if he if he comes back, there's yeah. a gigantic. Like, the gap is just like it's a, it's the Grand Canyon. Um, Back on the clock, I will go with uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, uh, someone whose value has definitely dipped since he was the, the rookie 101 in, non, uh, in one-quarterback leagues, uh, but he's still attached to the best quarterback and the best offense in football, and you know I'm not afraid of any of the competition that they brought in this year, like Jarek McKinnon, right? So um, I think he still has that upside that, uh, that we, we thought he had as long as he gets the touchdowns this season. All right, I think this is the right spot to go with the twenty going to be twenty six year old running back uh, next season, and it's Christian yep. McCaffrey. He falls into the third round. Um, I I would have had him right behind Etn. So Christian McCaffrey goes three hundred three. Ryan, who's next? Uh, I was definitely eyeing it. It felt like McCaffrey had fallen too far. I mean, uh, Alvin Kamara's a first rounder in one quarterback leagues right now, uh, kind of borderline in Superflex. He's 26 right now. So, you know, in, in reality, we probably took it too far with McCaffrey, but that's that's okay. It's part of the fun of this type of exercise. I'll go with a running back as well. I'll take a younger guy, DeAndre Swift, uh, at 3.04. Oh, I almost wrote a different name in there when you said younger running back. I'm sure he's coming off here pretty soon. Who you got here? Probably right here, J.K. Dobbins. You know, the pass catching, the damned, whatever you want to say about it. uh, With Lamar Jackson as a quarterback, he's he's a stud. All right, so I'm back on the clock now at the 306. Um, I guess, you know, I'm going to go back to quarterback. I'll take Russell Wilson, and I know he's an older guy, but he's currently in the first round. And, you know, to fall all the way into the – or I guess he falls into the second round, right? Um, Either way, yeah, he's at 12 right now uh, this month. Um, To fall into the third, and I know he's 32 now, going to be 33 a year from now, we still expect these quarterbacks to play – uh, into their late 30s and maybe even beyond. Russell's put up such great numbers that to get him in the middle of the third round feels just fine. Yeah, that's, that's a great value as well. Another one we probably went too far with because, um, I mean, a guy like Aaron Rodgers right now is an early third rounder, and he is 37 years old, I believe, uh, and obviously has some, some different questions maybe than, than Russ has or, or will have, and, and you're talking about a, a five-year age gap. So uh, great value on Russ. I'm going to go with the quarterback as well. Uh, I'll take Zach Wilson. Uh, he's going to be going to be the starter basically the entire season, barring injury. No competition for him there. Another team that is stocked up on weapons. Uh, really, if we see any type of success from him, he's going to have a value gain like this. Uh, you might have got me again, but not for this pick. My next pick, I thought maybe he'd be a great pick at 36. So uh, a little bit ahead of the curve on that one, as you usually are, Ryan. Matt, who do we got at the 308? Yeah, I'll go with the you know the third quarterback in this class. That's Javante Williams. He's already a fifth-round pick, I believe, to get him at the end of the third after he takes this job from Melvin Gordon. Sounds about right. A two-round two jump for, for Javante feels, feels pretty good. Yeah, he was he was coming up pretty close on my rankings as well. I have to jump on the uh, 
on the Elvin Camara Express at this mm-hmm. point. I, you know, I, I know there's it's becoming fashionable to overlook him and say he's the one that's overrated in the first round currently in the quarterback position, all those things. Camara's a special player, so I, I don't think it's unlikely. I would say that he falls out of the top thirty-six a year from now. So I'll, I'll take him right here. Uh, this is a tough one. There's so many good options, some players that are uh, first rounders still that uh, uh, that have not been chosen. I think this is my last pick. I'm going to go with uh, I'm going to go with Zeke. I'm going to go with Ezekiel Elliott. He will still be 26 years old. This is actually this would actually represent a a value gain for him. He's 40th overall right now. Uh, we don't normally see running backs of that age gain value, but um, he, he's a player that I think has fallen too far this offseason and hanging around here at the end of the third round, I think is is a, a decent value for next year. Matt, I got to hear what you have to say about Zeke. I actually didn't have, I have 40 players ranked and I didn't have Zeke on there. Did you? I don't have Zeke on there as well, but it, Hey, it, he could be, he could easily be running back one this year and, and, you know, fall in this range. I, I, I don't think that's out of the question at all, but no, not on my list. Sure. Um, man, it's so hard. He's right. There's like, I'm the last pick. Is there one more pick after me or am I the last pick? You got another pick, Dan? I got one. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's just so many players like we haven't talked about. I'm, I'm just going to throw names out there at this point. Devontae Adams, it feels like he should have been off the board by now. If we look at – if we compare him to what DeAndre Hopkins was, you know, this time last year where Hopkins was, uh, mm-hmm. you know, in this range, this you know, in, in the top three to four uh, coming off the board in terms of wide receivers uh, and then falling down to nine this year with, with him. And then he, so he feels like another year off from the Julio plummet down to, like, the, the, the low 20s. Um, so – I'm, I'm going to take Devontae Adams here and, and hope that Rodgers comes back. If he does, then I think you're still going to get you know a top 10, top 8 wide receiver from pr- production-wise for the next two seasons. Yeah, I like that. I, I think maybe, uh, Ryan, you made a couple good points where we, where we let Christian McCaffrey slide too far and maybe let Russell Wilson slide too far. That's been my... That's been my M.O. here in the third round. I took McCaffrey, I took Wilson, then I took Kamara, who I felt was falling too far. There are a handful of receivers, guys, that really are hard to overlook at this point. I'm not going to be able to. It's just just deciding which one to really go with. There's also a pretty glaring uh, missing running back. There's there's a lot of a lot of fans of Delvin Cook out there right now saying, "Wait a minute, what's going on?" Wrong podcast. Are, d- really, Delvin Cook's going to be outside the top thirty six. He's going to have to be because I don't think Tyreek can fall out of the top thirty six. Yeah. There's no way. I'm taking him at thirty six right here. Are there any other big overlooked players, Ryan, that you think should have been in here? Uh, yeah, there's there's a huge one. Can I change my Zeke Elliott pick to, to George Kittle? Uh, yeah. Yeah. And that the, was another one <laughs> in the tight end premium format. We saw, we saw Pitts go in the first round and then no other tight ends. Uh, I do think a, a value fall off for Kelsey and Waller is realistic, but uh, I, I would expect Kittle to be a top three round pick. So uh, I, I would prefer him to, uh, to Zeke and, and maybe some of these other guys. Um, yeah, you talked yeah. about Cook. Uh, Nick Chubb was the other player I was considering. Basically chose Zeke over him, but then uh, Right, Stephon- and he's ju- another one of those guys that's going to be 26 years old a yes. year from now and, and has going to have the big contract and all those things. It's, it's weird to see these players fall this far. Yeah, Stefan Diggs and Calvin Ridley at the wide receiver position. Uh, one that, I mean, it, this guy could make all of us look dumb over the next year is, is Jalen Hurts. We did not draft him. Yep. Obviously, mm-hmm. a young quarterback. Um, if if he picks up where he left off in, in week uh, 16 or 17, then uh, he, he not only will be a top three-round pick, but he'll he'll have plenty of value. And, and then a couple of other rookies, Sam Howell, Isaiah Spiller, Brees Hall, uh, could all be in consideration in this range as well. Yeah, you you took Deshaun Watson, and I I almost took Hurts when I came back around, but decided I need to get some of these first round guys in here that 
that it's just unlikely that they fall out of the top three. Anybody else for you, Matt, that you consider? Uh, Ryan pretty much covered them all. The one player I, I was surprised, Dan, was, was really for you because he's at wide receiver eight mm-hmm. currently, and I think we drafted seven or eight wide receivers right now. So it was a little bit surprising that you didn't think he might move up in value a little bit. Uh, the other guys, and just in that, uh, you know, that area, I thought hard about Claypool. You know, if he has a gigantic year year two, if Judy has a gigantic year two, I think those guys are definitely in conversation for you know a top three pick. Yeah, I think it would be a lot of fun to do this exercise four and five and six rounds deep because you'd see some of those names come up. Ridley's a, a great example, of course. Chubb. Um, um, as well as oh man, I blanked. Delvin Cook, you know those mm-hmm. those those names. They have to fall in very soon, right? They have to happen uh, relatively soon. Hertz, you mentioned Kittle and Waller, and DJ Moore was another guy that I I had listed towards the end, right next to Ridley. I, I always pair those two guys together. I did I did skip Ridley. Um, I I didn't want to. He was one of the wide receivers that I wanted to take at the three twelve, but Tyreek is just there's no way he's not a not just a massive playmaker all year long in the best offense in in the NFL. You can't can't take Ridley over Tyreek, although I'd love to. So the third round's in the bag as well. Deshaun Watson, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, Christian McCaffrey, DeAndre Swift, J.K. Dobbins, Russell Wilson, Zach Wilson, Javante Williams, Elvin Kamara, Ezekiel Elliott, Devonte Adams, and Tyreek Hill. Round out the top 36. We're going to get it in under an hour. If I make it quick getting out for Ryan and Matt, it's Dan. Thanks for listening to this episode of the DLF Dynasty Podcast. We'll catch you again next week.